First Baptist Melbourne podcast, making disciples here and everywhere for the glory of God. Well, it is a privilege to be here today at First Baptist Melbourne. I'm not, uh, over the years, been in Florida since 1996, but I was kind of on the other side of the peninsula. I saw you from a distance and always was grateful to know that there were partners in the gospel that were seeking to reach this state and beyond for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for your faithfulness and missions, your giving through the cooperative program and other ways that you sacrificially give in order that the gospel can be known here and beyond here, that men, women, boys, and girls can come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and grow and be discipled as they follow the Lord with all of their heart. What a privilege it is to be with you here today. This morning, I ask you to open God's Word to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Acts chapter 2, I'll be reading verse 41, and if you're able, I would invite you to stand in honor of God's precious Word, Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Then those who gladly received His Word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Every time I read the scripture, I want to say, Lord, do it again. What an exciting day this was in the life of the, of the church and the life of believers that over 3,000 individuals received the Lord Jesus Christ, and then followed him in baptism. Heavenly Father, we pray now that you will bless your word. May we hear what the Spirit is saying into our lives. May we be faithful to respond to that call of obedience unto you. And we ask and pray this today in the name above all names, that of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. There was a gentleman who started visiting our church. He walked in, and he couldn't be inconspicuous. He stood about six foot eight, and he was a little bit north of 300 pounds. He was quite a specimen when he would walk into the building. The first Sunday he was there, uh, I saw him and got an opportunity to talk to him after the service. He uh, played NFL football. He had been traded to the, the, the team that was in the city where I was serving as pastor, and uh, he uh, was not a believer, but he just, for some reason, God prompted in his heart to come and visit us on that Sunday. So we set up a time that we could meet and have lunch together, and as we were there, he talked about his journey and how he had never received Christ as his Lord and Savior. I shared with him from the Scripture how he could know the Lord. And on that day, he didn't make a decision, but he said, I will think about this and I will continue seeking and trying to understand where my life is and what plan that God has maybe for my life. He continued coming on the days that they were not playing out of town and so forth. And so finally, one Sunday morning, he was there in the service, gave the invitation, and this giant of a man came walking down the aisle. Uh, if you weren't careful, the lights would hit his, his Super Bowl rings. They'd kind of blind you while he was walking. I mean, this was a big man. And so when he got to the altar there, he looked at me and he said, I've been thinking about what we've talked about, and I need to ask Jesus Christ into my life as my Lord and Savior. So I had the privilege of kneeling there at an altar and praying with this man as he just poured out his heart and gave his life unto the Lord Jesus Christ. What a moment. What a joyous, exciting time that was. And then we stood up. When we stood up as a pastor, the first thing that I thought was, now I've got to baptize this guy. 
I mean, he was massive, I want to tell you. And if you ever, you know, think about baptism, I mean, when, there, when there's people that are a little bit shorter, they put more water in the baptistry area, you know, because they can do that. If they're, if they're larger people, then they usually put less water because you don't want water flying over the top of the baptistry, you know, glass up there. And so, so we scheduled a time and we had his baptism. It was about three weeks from that, that day. And so I took a little bit of time to work out, you know, get a little bit stronger in my arms and so forth to be able to baptize him. And so that Sunday morning came and we were going to have his baptism. So we walk into the water and it was lower, but as soon as he walked in, it rose up pretty high. I want to tell you, and as you, as you know, with baptism, they kind of turn sideways like this, but in front of the pastor, I don't know where that's taught, but that's just what they do, you know? And so he was so big and wide that they couldn't even see me. I mean, I'm just, I'm just lost behind him. So I, so I lean out beside and I tell, this is, and I gave his name and he's come today on public profession of his faith. He's going to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so I got the widest stance I could get. I want to tell you, you know, and I put my handkerchief up there over his mouth. I grabbed his shoulder like this and I baptized him in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit. I got him up out of the water and everybody out there just burst out in applause. I applauded because I didn't, be, I didn't fall in the water myself. I mean, I, I was pretty impressed that I baptized the guy and got him up without any, any danger to him in, in his career and so forth. You see, baptism is a great day. I mean, it's just a time of rejoicing. It's a time of celebration in the life of a church and the life of an individual who in obedience follows the Lord Jesus Christ. And can you imagine what it would have been like on this date? Following the promise of our Lord and Savior, at his ascension, he would send his spirit and it would come upon all who believe. Peter preached that great Pentecost sermon where he called them to repentance and faith and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said that you need to be baptized as a believer following your salvation decision. And on that day, there were over 3,000 individuals who trusted Christ as their Lord and Savior, and then they were baptized. I mean, just the logistics of that are pretty impressive. I mean, 3,000 people, if we baptize eight or 10, I mean, that's like a banner day in the life of church. We run out of baptismal robes and towels. I mean, you know, and, and, and to be baptized in a Baptist church, you've got to be in pretty good shape because typically you've got to go up about 45 steps, you know, to get to where the, the baptistry is. But, but here on this day, 3,000 people. If you've ever been to the city of Jerusalem on the, south, the southern exposure of the old city, there were these ritual baths that they, in recent days, in recent years, have, have unearthed. And, and these ritual baths were there as a part of the journey of individuals to Jerusalem to come to the temple. And you recall in the Old Testament, you have the Psalms of Ascent and so forth, and they would make their way there. And from their journey, they would go into these ritual baths for purification and cleansing that they could then interrupt up onto the temple mount and go to the temple. But on this day, Peter preached this message of salvation. The Spirit fell upon people, and these ritual baths turned into baptismal pools, and over 3,000 individuals, those as they are identified there in verse 41, were baptized. Well, who are those? Well, look back to verse 2 in this same chapter, Galileans. Verse 9, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya joining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews, proselytes, Cretans, and, and Arabs. I mean, this was a gathering of the nations. And here on this day of Pentecost, as individuals believed from all over the known world at that time, they were baptized and the gospel moved out to the ends of the earth as they understood it during this generation and among 
among these people. What, what an exciting moment this is. What an exciting opportunity this is. Believers being baptized as a response to the Lord Jesus Christ. In Florida, we live in one of the greatest mission fields on the planet. Our state of 21 million plus people, and after the census is gathered again, I'm sure that will grow exponentially into a much higher number. Every year, there are 300,000 individuals that move into the state of Florida, and they're moving from all over the world. As a matter of fact, it is projected in the year 2021 that we will see one of the largest migrations of people ever in history. And we know that Florida will receive many of those individuals as they come to our state. And so here we see the power of the gospel. And we believe with all of our heart that if we can reach Florida, we can change the world for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm grateful for churches across our state that have a passion to see men and women and boys and girls come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who unapologetically and uncompromisingly preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, calling people to faith and salvation in the name that is above every name, the only name that can save the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And year by year, Florida Baptist churches set the standard for the Southern Baptist Convention and lead our convention in baptisms. As a matter of fact, last year, almost 11% of all the baptisms reported by the Southern Baptist Convention came through Florida Baptist churches. And so Florida Baptist churches are omission. We see the difference that, that the gospel makes in lives, and we know that that as we impact Florida, we're impacting more than a state. We're impacting a nation, and we're impacting the nations with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as we read this passage of Scripture, we simply are falling in line with what the Word of God asks us to do when we preach the Word and we baptize people who believe. When we witness to lost people and they come to Christ, and then they are baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So this morning, I want us to examine this passage of Scripture, Acts 2.41, that teaches us about New Testament baptism. And I encourage you to look at your own testimony, to look at your own journey in regards to your faith and your following of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you look at that testimony, align it with the Word of God. Align it with the Scripture. Not according to what I'm saying, but according to what the Word of God is saying. Not according to what others are saying, but according to what the inerrant, infallible, indestructible, inspired Word of God teaches us in regards to our obedience unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Because as we read this passage of Scripture, we see clearly, clearly what the Scriptures intend for us to do in regards to following the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we begin looking in this verse, we're able to see that, that these early believers, these early individuals were unhindered as they followed the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice what it says at the beginning of verse 41. Then those, and those, those being people from all of those nations and all of those places that we identified a few moments ago from verses 7, verse 9, verse 10, and verse 11. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, unhindered. They received the word of God. They received the salvation of Jesus Christ. And then they were baptized. Why were they baptized? Wasn't salvation enough? Yes, salvation is eternal. 
Salvation is all that we need in terms of our, of our uh, forgiveness of our sins and our, and, and our eternal life in the Lord Jesus Christ. But yet the Scriptures instruct us, once we are saved, to be baptized. Because baptism is a symbol. Baptism is an act of obedience. Baptism is a public profession of your faith. Privately, you receive salvation in your life as you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in an unhindered way, you gladly receive the word and then you publicly are baptized, identifying yourself as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, baptism is the first step in your journey of faith. Baptism is the first step following your salvation of, of, of being obedient unto Christ Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. It is declaring, I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is confessing Christ before men. And so you gladly receive the word and then you are baptized. Now, baptism is important, but baptism does not save. It does not say in the scripture that they were baptized and then they gladly received the word. It says they gladly received his word and then they were baptized. You see, there's an order that is proper in the Scripture. Salvation and then baptism. Because baptism is your testimony to the world of your salvation that you have experienced in the Lord Jesus Christ. Baptism does not save, as I stated a few moments ago. If you walk into those baptismal waters and you are lost in your sin, you're going to walk out of those baptismal waters wet, but still lost in your sin. There's nothing magical. There's nothing mysterious about the waters. Pastor Scott doesn't have some type of magical words that he walks in and says over the waters, and all of a sudden, those waters become something other than water, and they're able to wash away your sins. No, all that can wash away your sin is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And baptism is a symbol. It is a testimony. It is a symbol of the old person rising to new life in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a symbol of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, don't rush through that because there's so much in that symbol that is important. His death, that he would leave heaven and come to earth. The innocent, perfect, sinless Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world in the fullness of time would take on this robe of human flesh he be born of a virgin named Mary, conceived in her womb by the Holy Spirit of God. He would live a sinless, innocent, perfect life. And there he would go to a cross to take on the sins of the whole world. And there upon the cross, Jesus took my sins and he took your sins upon himself. He took my lying, my cheating, my stealing, my anger, my greed, my bitterness, my jealousy. He took my secret sins, my presumptuous sins. He took every sin upon my life and your life. And there upon the cross, the just for the unjust, the one who is the Lamb of God, the Redeemer, the Savior, he paid in full the price and the penalty for our sin. His death is significant. He was buried, but on the third day, he conquered death. He conquered sin. He conquered hell. He conquered the grave. He conquered Satan, and he rose victorious, and he lives and reigns forever and forevermore. And so when we are baptized, we are declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, and his glorious resurrection that we share because we have gladly received his word. 
and we have believed, and now we unashamedly, we absolutely unhindered declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. We repent, we receive his salvation, and then we follow him in baptism. We had a day much like this day, often in the life of the church there at First Baptist Brandon, there was a couple that was there on that day. I have a photograph that I want to show you of them in the baptismal pool. And the invitation was given, they came forward. She was in a wheelchair, and her husband is pushing her to the altar. We get to the altar, you know, the music is playing for the invitation, and, you know, there, there's just, it's just hard to hear sometimes, and I couldn't stand because she was, she was there in a wheelchair, so she motioned like this, and so I just knelt down, and she began talking to me. And she said, I've never accepted Jesus as my Savior. And she said, today I want to be saved. I want to give my life to Christ. And so I talked to her for a few moments there about what it meant to know Jesus, about the Scripture, and she prayed, and she gloriously received the salvation of Christ into her life. And then I said to her, now I know we're in a wheelchair. I know there's some issues that maybe we want to consider. Maybe, maybe we can schedule your baptism, you know, at a later time. And she looked at me and she said, no, I want to be baptized today. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so here we go. Because, because she couldn't physically walk. I mean, she, she literally was in the wheelchair for many different reasons, but partially because she just didn't have the strength in her limbs to be able to walk. And so I stood up. And when I stood up, her husband was just weeping because he had been listening to everything that was taking place there. And he said, I need to be saved this morning as well. And so her husband on that day prayed and received Jesus into his heart as his Lord and Savior. And so they made their way back for baptism. We had some first responders that literally carried her up those 45 stairs that I'm talking about to get up to the baptismal area. There were ladies in the, in the dressing room that helped her get prepared to, to come out and be baptized. And it, you can't see in this picture all that is taking place. Because one of those first responders carried her physically down into the baptismal pool. And there are steps that go down. And he is sitting on one of those steps, and she is on his knees. And so when I baptized her, he went back as well. We kind of had a two-for-one that day, to be honest, you know. And, and he, he went under the water with her, but, but, but she was baptized. And then the husband was baptized. And you can see, once he was baptized, just the joy. I mean, this, this, their life was changed on this day by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They both believed and they receive salvation. And then they, they follow the Lord as believers in baptism. And they just embrace there. I mean, the church erupted. I mean, people were shouting and applauding and rejoicing because baptism is such a powerful testimony, an outward testimony of what Jesus Christ has done within your life as you follow him in obedience in baptism. Now, I hope that you're seeing in this that there is an order that we're finding in this scripture. Now, some of you here today, as you are placing your testimony, your life beside the scripture, you may be thinking, well, mine doesn't quite fit this. I've got a little bit of a different story here. Uh, I was baptized as an infant, and later on in my life, I became a believer, but, I, but, I, but I'd already been baptized, so, so there's really no need for that again. 
Or uh, I, I, I came forward maybe in church at, at an age, early age, a teenage years, and, 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 and I, I thought I'd made a decision for the Lord. And, but, but, but I, you know, at that time I thought I had, I was baptized, but yet later on I realized that I really wasn't saved and I came to know the Lord. But, you know, that, that's just that's between me and the Lord. My baptism is back here on this side, not on this side of, of my decision, but, I, but I've never shared that with anyone. You see, you see, there are many struggles that, that we have with this matter of baptism. And there are some of you here today that, that as soon as you hear the word baptism, you, you start thinking about it. You start thinking about where you are in your testimony, where you are in your salvation, where you are in terms of your obedience unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And it may very well be today that, 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 that you look at where you are. If you, were to, if you were given a microphone right now and say, tell us when you were saved, tell us when you were baptized, that you would say, well, I was baptized at this time, but it was later that I became saved. Well, if you follow the Scripture, and this is not just the one place that it's found, in every place that it's found in the New Testament, the New Testament church, the, the, the church of which you and I are a part, we see that they believed and then they were baptized. There's never a moment where it is taught to be baptized and then figure out your salvation later. Be, you can believe at any time, just be baptized here. Because baptism doesn't save. It's just a symbol. But it's a powerful symbol. The death, burial, the resurrection of Jesus. The old person, the new person rising to light in the Lord Jesus Christ. And here on this day, 3,000 plus individuals made this decision of salvation. And then in an absolute unhindered way, they were baptized. So where do you see your life aligning with this word, the word of God today. Not only do we see that they were unhindered, we also see that they were unleashed. I mean, how exciting it is to read the last part of, of this verse. That day about 3,000 souls were added to them. I mean, the book of Acts is literally 30 years that changed the world. 30 years. And during this 30 years, these individuals that were baptized here, these individuals that we are reading about, they went out across the nations of that day. And they were bold in their faith. They were unleashed to serve the Lord with fullness of heart and fullness of life. I have found so many people who have walked forward at an invitation time and, 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 and they, they've looked me in the eye and they said, well, pastor, I, I walked forward when I was a teenager. I walked forward when I was a child. I came forward as a young adult. And when I got there, the first thing they said was, we're so glad you, you, you've come today. Just sit down right here. They're going to get a little information from you. And, and the next thing you know, you're standing up and, hey, this is Bill. This is Sarah. This is John. This is Sally. They've come. Uh, they, they, they're going to be baptized now and join the church. You hear what I said? <laughs> but there never was dealing, the issue of dealing with that salvation. And you can be in church and not in Christ. You can be in church, but not in Christ. Those are two very different things. But if you're in Christ, you're going to be in church. But, 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 but many people, their testimony is they were just baptized. They never dealt with their salvation. And, and so as an adult, they begin grappling with that. They begin grappling with their, their purpose in life, their purpose with the Lord, their eternity. And they realize, I can't put all of my faith in a baptism that, that, that did not have salvation preceding it. And they accept Christ as their Savior. And then they are baptized as a believer. That testimony, that public affirmation, that public declaration of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And so here we see that, that the gospel moved forward. As a matter of fact, from this point of Acts chapter 2, you move to Acts chapter 17, verse 6, and it says that these very people, these very believers, these very followers of Christ, the ones who are turning the world upside down, they've come here. I mean, what a testimony. I mean, it wasn't easy during this time. If you read through the book of Acts, you see that the church faced great persecution. The church faced great opposition. As a matter of fact, Believers were martyred, put to death for their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when they stepped forward publicly and they were baptized, identifying with Christ, they were putting their very life on the line for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're in a much different world and a much different culture. And when you follow the Lord in baptism, if it's in this place or the beach or the lake, I don't think your name's being put on any list, and, and, and most likely you're not going to be put to death because of that. But yet we struggle in just being simply obedient to the Word of God, to the Lord Jesus Christ. So where do you see your testimony, your, your journey in light of what the Scripture is saying? And they were unleashed. I believe that until a person's biblical example is what is found in their life, a belief in baptism, they're always going to be hindered. They're never going to be unleashed. Why would the Lord unleash you when you won't even take the steps of first obedience unto Him in regard to baptism following the prescriptive of Scripture? I was a pastor at First Baptist Brandon. I went there in 1996. A struggling church, a declining church, just a the perfect church for revitalization, if you look at all the metrics of it. And so the first few years were pretty challenging there, to say the least. Uh, uh, it, was a, it was a difficult few years of ministry. It seemed like no matter what you did, there was always something here, something here. You, know, you couldn't always identify it. There was just something that always seemed to oppose, something that always pulled it back. And so, you know, after a period of time, I just called in a group of, of people that were leaders in the church and, you know, and said, guys, I just, I just, I just, men and women, I need to understand what's going on here. You know, I, I don't, I don't see it. And there was an individual who was in that room who was um, a leader in the church, a deacon, Sunday school teacher, small group teacher, very influential man. If he, if he did this, everybody did this. If he did this, most everybody would do that. Gave generously to the church, an extremely wealthy man. And he, he said, Pastor, he said, um, it, it's your preaching. Because every Sunday, you eventually call people to come forward and get saved. And, and we're really not that kind of church. Not that we're opposed to people being saved, but every Sunday. Uh, that we, we just don't need that here. And people are leaving the church because of it. And quite honestly, if you don't stop it, you're going to leave the church. Well, how do you respond to that? I mean, I just said, well, this is who I am. It's what God called me to do. I mean, you know, if, if, if this is not where I'm welcome, where I need to be, I mean, I'll quietly go in the night and find another place to serve. You know, that's, that's all in God's hands. I said, but I'm just going to keep being who I am because my faithfulness is first and foremost to the Lord, you know, and, and that, that's what he called me to do. So I went home and I said to Karen, we still got those, um, uh, the name of that moving company. We may be needing it in a few weeks. I don't know. I've never been, you know, had this happen, but here it is. And so a couple of months kind of rocked by there. I kept doing, you know, the same thing, calling people to faith. And people were being saved. That, that's, the, that's the amazing. People were coming, responding, and being baptized, being beautiful testimonies of people's lives. And so this gentleman never really stayed for the invitation. Every, every Sunday he'd be in the service. As soon as the invitation was started, he'd sit in the back, and he'd just vote out the door. 
you know, and, and, and I held my tongue that day because when, when, he, when he confronted me with that, I wanted to say, well, how do you really know? Because you never stay for the invitation. I mean, how do you know what I'm doing here in that time? But I didn't, and I thank God that I didn't. And so uh, I was preaching, gave the invitation, and on this Sunday, this man stayed. I thought that was kind of strange, but he stayed. And about the first or second verse, somewhere in that time, he started walking forward. And when he started walking forward, what went through my mind was this. I've never been fired from a Southern Baptist church, <laughs> but I'm about to be fired during an invitation. <laughs> He's coming up and saying, that's the last one of these you're ever going to do here. You're done. And when this gentleman got in front of me, his body was literally just shaking. I mean, physically, you could just see the torment that he had been dealing with. And when he began speaking, he said, do you remember that conversation? I said, yes, sir, I remember it. And he said, well, he said, the problem was never with the church. The problem was with me. Because every Sunday that you preached and called people to be saved, I knew that I was the person that needed to give their life to Christ. And he said, and today I want to be saved. And this man who'd been in the church, a leader, all these kind of things for years, just knelt at an altar, poured out his heart to Jesus, and was miraculously, gloriously saved by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ the Lord. He followed the Lord in believer's baptism. And I want to tell you, if you would take a church and put a lid on it, on that Sunday, God just took the lid off the church. And the whole trajectory of that ministry changed because that one man chose to be obedient unto the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, everything has consequences. Everything matters. Everything is important. And if we're not willing to be obedient to the Lord, then we become one who quenches and hinders the very moving of the Spirit of God. But when we say yes to Christ and we put everything of our life on Him freely and we trust in Him and we follow Him in obedience, it is there that we are unleashed in our life to live our life to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, not unto man, but unto Christ, unto Him, unto His plan, His purposes, and His glory to be manifested in and through our lives. So when we talk about baptism, it is important. Baptism is a public profession of faith. It's where you declare biblically that Jesus Christ is Lord. Baptism is a biblical act of obedience, a biblical act of obedience. Baptism is a symbol of salvation. It is symbolic. It doesn't save, but it's a powerful symbol of what has privately happened in your life, publicly being declared. I remember the Sunday that I was baptized. We'd had a revival in a little country church I grew up in in North Alabama. On a, it was a Sunday through Friday night revival. Imagine that. <laughs> we don't do those anymore, do we? And on that Friday night, uh, I, I came forward and gave my life to Christ. I, I prayed at the altar with our pastor, trusted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Little did I know that walking down the aisle behind me was my father. He gave his life to Christ on that night. And when we were baptized, I was baptized in the pool, standing beside my dad as he was baptized as well. It changed everything about our family. It changed everything about where we are in terms of our lives even today. And so baptism is a, it's a symbol, it's a testimony of your salvation. It's an ordinance of the church. 
Lord's Supper, baptism. It's following the example of Christ who was baptized in which the heavens opened and the Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am what? Well pleased. If it pleased the Father for the Son to be baptized, I believe it pleases the Father when His children are baptized. There's an order of baptism. You believe and then you're baptized. If that's not the order of your testimony, then it's not aligning with Scripture. There's a method of baptism by immersion. We find that throughout the New Testament. And I would encourage you today, I would encourage you this morning, as you look at where you are in your journey, if any aspect of that does not follow this prescriptive, then you would come today and take those steps of obedience. To some here today, that's a decision of salvation. You've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There are young people here. There are teenagers here. There are young adults and senior adults here who need to come today. There are people who have been watching online who have, during the season of pandemic, God has stirred your heart. And, and you know that this is a decision that you need to make today. I pray that you will cry out unto Him, repenting of your sins, confessing your sins unto Him, turning from sin and self unto the Savior, declaring your belief in His death, burial, and His glorious resurrection confessing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and then following that with that profession of your faith through the act of baptism publicly. If you do not know Jesus today, there will be pastors who are here at this altar, just as me and so many others who are here made that type of step of faith. You're an invitation. Walking forward takes a lot. I know it does. But can you imagine how 3,000 just started with one? Wasn't 3,000 probably just jumped up at the same time. There was one, then there was five, then there was 10, then there was 100, then there was 500, 1,000, then 3,000. After a while, you know, they, 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 there were so many that, that, that they, just, they just said, you know, about 3,000 souls. I mean, but your step today can encourage others in their step today. So if you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to come this morning. Come now. Receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Your pastors will walk you, talk you, talk with you through that decision. Then there are people here who are believers and, and you're struggling with this matter of baptism. You know in your heart right now. You absolutely know. I, you know, I, I haven't convinced you. You knew. And the Spirit is bearing witness to that. That your baptism has not been following what the Bible teaches. And you need to get that right today. Just come and say, I, I need to make that type of decision. And I know that's hard to do. Maybe I've been in this church for years. Or what are people going to think? What are people going to say? So we just want, we're, going to, we're going to alleviate all fears right now, okay? If there's a believer in this church who walks forward and says this morning to Pastor Scott or one of the other pastors, you know, this whole baptism thing, I just need to get it right. We're not going to be judgmental. We're not going to be critical. We're not going to look at our pious noses at anybody. Instead, we're just going to do what? We're going to rejoice. And if you would affirm that, would you just, just applaud right now? Okay. So... All right, so we've taken all the pressure off of you in here. Matter of fact, everybody applauded is praying for you right now. They may not know who you are. Maybe somebody applauded may be the one that needs to come forward. But just to come forward today and say, you know, biblically, I haven't been baptized. Biblically, I haven't been baptized. I may have been baptized, but it's not biblical baptism. And I just need to get this right because I want to stand unashamed and unleashed for the Lord Jesus Christ. So we ask you to come this morning. 
and just say, Pastor, I need to be baptized. I need to schedule that. Get this right. I need to get this done right now within my life. God bless you, young lady. God bless you for coming. Thank you so much. Pastor, let's stand. Let's stand together. Here's one. I believe there are more this morning right now. So let's bow before the Lord in prayer. Father, we ask now just for the moving of your spirit upon hearts, upon souls, upon lives. Lord, we thank you for one who boldly has already walked forward and said, this is the day, this is the time. I want to get it right in my life. Father, I pray for others who are here that need to take those same steps. And Lord, may we just move in obedience unto you. And may we as your people rejoice in every decision, every step that is taken for those in salvation who need to come today to give their life unto Christ. For others who need to come following this very call from the scripture as it relates to baptism. Lord, we just ask for this now. We pray, Lord, that you will move and continue to move powerfully even through these, uh, this moment. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we sing, pastors are here. Begin coming. Thank you. God bless you, young lady. Others who would come right now. Come.